0: Phil, what did we learn this week about the market's relationship with the Fed? Because it seems like maybe uh, the glory days of this uh, teamwork is fading somewhat.
1: Yeah, we were we were not expecting a statement that no no rises would happen until 2023. So I, I think that that was a bit of a shocker. Uh, it certainly had a great effect uh, on Wednesday when that news came out, and the markets looked like they were they were doing well. But you know the way, the way we think about this right now is that uh, th- there's a new thing happening. Uh, and that is an honest to God prospect that we're gonna have higher inflation. And everyone right now is just saying, well, it's gonna be a temporary bump and it's not that big of a deal, but it's a new thing. And it, wh- one of the things we've said recently a couple of times is it's, it's sort of like COVID in the sense that you know a new virus comes along and you don't have immunity to it. Uh, Oliver, it's been so long since we've had any kind of meaningful inflation in this country that we almost don't have immunity to to it either. We don't really know how to react. Uh, you know, people with 60, 40 more conventional portfolios that aren't aren't just trying to chase individual stocks. I uh, have a huge question mark. They're like, what do you do with your fixed income portfolios when this continues to be happening? And you know, I I think one thing, Oliver, we think about with the Fed statement is that that maybe they're not gonna have a choice to act in the future. I mean, if 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 inflation really does start to show up, are they gonna be able to really keep that promise to to not raise rates all the way through 2023?
0: This is where I think it gets interesting because uh, in 2018, in the fourth quarter, when the bond market went into an inverted yield curve and then the Fed reversed after the stock market dropped and then went on a cutting uh, series in 2019, it was, because at the end of the day, the bond market told it to, right? I mean, we all know that's why they did it. The yield curve inverted, financial right. conditions were loose, but now they don't wanna to listen to the bond curve.
1: Right, so, it's, it's, you know, so that, was, that was the classic case. What we saw in uh, 2018 is what we've seen so many times over the past 12 years, which is that, okay, financial markets start to get into trouble, people start to worry about the economy, the Fed steps in, it's all great, and then we rally higher, and that goes on over and over again. Uh, I'm not sure that that's the math now, uh, so, uh, and that, and that's what, frankly, what I think is going on with the ten-year and with yields generally on the longer side of the scale. Because uh, people hear what the Fed is saying, but they all also understand that that we have potential real inflation, that that's going to control what the Fed does, and the Fed may not have the choice. So, so uh, you know, inflationary environments, and this is something you know we haven't seen this. They don't, they can't choose to be dovish. Uh, and they can't, potentially they don't even act if the economy starts to turn down, because at that point, their eyes are mainly on that inflation number. And that's what's going on with and yields in our opinion.
0: Mm. Phil, so if this week, um, anyone who is doubting that the Fed was not committed to this strategy, I mean, it has to retool and yeah. believe them at this point, right? Because they said, look, we see 2.5% core PCE in our future. We're not gonna hike anyway. We see right. the GDP, we're not gonna hike. So in terms of bonds then, What's the point in holding bonds? Is it something to exclude from the portfolio? Do you short them? Do you hold banks instead of bonds if yields are going up? Is that the new hedge?
1: So that's my, that's my lack of immunity comment, which is that people don't know what to do. Uh, there are some paths forward. Uh, one of the things we, we both manage and we recommend are things like unconstrained or what we call adaptive fixed income strategies. Uh, And and that's what what I think both advisors and investors have to think about right now. Uh, Right now, where do you want to be in in your bond or fixed income portfolios? Basically, you want to be in cash or short duration. So across our platform over the last month, we've moved everything out of longer duration or even middle duration into short duration and cash positions across our risk platform. That's the kind of move you need to make, but it doesn't mean you need to stay there forever. So uh, the way some of these unconstrained funds work is that they can then move back into fixed income if the, once the interest rate rise stops. So principal losses happen. Now you've got a higher yield starting place. And at that point, if the decline subsists, you can come back in and be in bonds. But we're creating a webinar right now for our advisor base. that's called the bond market in crisis. And if you're talking about conventional bonds, that's the way we feel
0: it's interesting phil because i think this is a really important message because yesterday when the bond market took down the nasdaq again post pal and then eventually the rest of the day look nobody knows why markets do what they do but then all of a sudden everything else went down too there wasn't a lot of news behind any of it and then there was really nothing. Uh, BTC, Bitcoin held on, and then it slipped back down to flat. It's been surprisingly solid. Gold has been very weak. So what you're saying is you have to get creative, basically. And it's uh, you're saying to maybe even look outside of some of the traditional asset classes, maybe.
1: Right, and that, that that also applies to to you know what you're talking about, which is which is the stock market. Uh, so so I've been running this asset management firm since '96, and so we've lived through the internet bubble and burst financial crisis and that and what we saw last year. And I'll tell you, one of the observations I've had over the last month is you know for anyone who's in the asset management business and lived through the internet bubble, I, mean, I think we all thought it could never happen again. You can never see that kind of lunacy in stock market pricing. But as I watched what's playing out uh, you know with stocks like Tesla you were talking about, but also with the ETF family, like the Arc family, you know, the, the parallel I draw is uh, there was the Munder Net Net Fund, and it had parabolic growth both in the uh, profits as well as assets. And on the other side of that, it just tanked. So I think we have to be careful here. Uh, stocks are, are highly priced generally, even if you're looking at broadly uh, diversified index, in indices like the S&P 500, but especially in the tech sector. And I think what we've returned to here is a moment where techs are once again leading the market, and they—if the, if they turn lower and if they turn lower significantly—I think it's going to bring everything else along with it. Hmm. Uh, so you need to be agile. Uh, one needs to think about markets both from the pers- two perspectives. I think you want to try to stay invested in case we—you know—we we hit a bottom here over the short term, and you know, back in the late '90s. We saw several times in 98 and 99 where the market fell as much as 20% and then just rallied higher and powered higher, higher for another year. So that can happen. But the other contingency that needs to be met here is you need to be planning to potentially try to try to get out of the way of falling markets. Uh, because eventually we think they'll, they'll happen.
0: They'll happen. The other case that I hear is that maybe in this moment, these funds and this strategy of chasing growth and valuations not mattering, maybe that this is just a moment before more of the same from the past year continues. And generally, the case that I hear is, well, bonds can only go so far in yield and cause so much disruption to equities, then the Fed will have to do something to control that. And then once they've instituted some kind of yield curve control or some other measures, extended bond buying, then folks will just go right back to those trades tied to liquidity, and we will continue to have this bubble going. What's the counterargument to that? Is it one that relies on the Fed being a cautious steward of froth in the market?
1: Yeah, I think, I think the counterargument to that is, is that uh, in, in that statement, you're, uh, you're saying like, well, the Fed will just decide and, and make a decision. And, and so look at what's happened over the last three months. Uh, the Fed decided that they didn't want to raise rates. They didn't take any other additional measures, but we saw yields almost double in the 10-year. And I think that's, that's what that's what we need to look at. Uh-huh. Uh, Oliver, if, if, if we have a situation, and you want to talk about a tipping point, if we have a situation where it's perceived that the Fed loses control, like they, they decide to take a measure, they execute some new uh, initiatives, and it's ineffective at stopping yields, it's game over. Uh, and, and so it, it, it could happen. Uh, I think it's the thing to watch probably more closely than anything uh, because of these
0: valuations. Everything just has so much risk.